we would like to uh, welcome each and every person here for this uh, week-long uh, retreat that we have here together. Could you turn the voice um, down a bit? <laughs> Thanks. And in this, the introductory uh, talk uh, with you, <coughs> I would like to speak a little bit about the general uh, background to these days that we have here together to uh, speak with you with regard to the, the general form uh, of the days and a little bit about some of the themes which we'll uh, be exploring during this time that we have here together. Um, I've had the uh, privilege and opportunity to uh, come here uh, twice a year since uh, 1977, about a year or two, I think, after the uh, centre opened, and feel um, reasonably familiar with um, IMS. And I did actually once make a long-term trip down to the annex <laughs> about 12 or 15 years ago. That was my last visit there. But um, the meditation hall and the dining room is um, the, the territory which I move. <laughs> and Shada and I have uh, been teaching here for uh, quite a few years since the, I can't remember, mid-80s perhaps here together as well as in other places, uh, India and Britain and on the West Coast. And Jose... Uh, has been teaching here uh, with us as well for the past uh, four years, as well as in uh, um, Europe. And it's a genuine uh, pleasure and a delight for us to come and spend some days here with you and to look very, very uh, directly and hopefully unflinchingly into this thing of existence in what it is to be in this world. Just at the present time, there is uh, quite some um, uh, uh, hype, I might say, going on in the um, Buddhist uh, world. Um, not so much through the, the fault of uh, Buddhists here, but perhaps more through the fault of the little Buddha, uh, Mr. Bertolucci's film, and having just um, come a couple of hours ago, a few hours ago, in fact, from uh, uh, Britain, there's been quite a growing degree of media attention with regard to Buddhist practices, Buddhist uh, uh, teachings, and uh, Buddhist values. And to some degree, this has been and is being inspired by this uh, uh, particular uh, film. Um, I, I haven't um, actually seen it, but uh, Shada tells me that um, it will soon be uh, available uh, here. And I mention it in so far as quite often in the world of uh, entertainment and in the world of presentations that go on to mind of uh, human beings, there can be waves of interest which come and pass in our life and the entertainment world is 
certainly one of those as well as many others. And sometimes it can seem too, when we look into our own life and into the condition of our own heart and mind, there's quite a, a movie going on inside of us as well, and sometimes more entertaining than Mr. Bertolucci's. And in that, it's not so easy for a human being to see more deeply than that, more deeply than the personal soap operas, and to see much more focused and much more clearly into the very truths of life. And teachings, which, if they have any metal to them, must be teachings which uh, deal directly and honestly with the truths of existence, and that they are revealed to us through the power of a human being to be conscious and to face existence, moment by moment, unashamedly and straightforwardly. And just as, as, as I mentioned, there's often, perhaps much too often really, a great deal of hype in the world about one thing or another, and it can be extraordinarily difficult to sort out what is what. I don't think the world and ourselves are so different in that regard. So these teachings which have been passed on from one generation to uh, the next, in a way, are very much matter-of-fact teachings. That there is a genuine and authentic wish to strip away much of the superficialities of life and to ground ourselves in such a way that we are genuinely still, genuinely aware and to really see and know and, more importantly, understand what living is. And all too often, and perhaps all too frequently, in the day-to-day -day circumstances of our life, we can be moved, if not compelled, to run from one thing to another in the cloud of busyness, in the cloud of having so much to do. And like so many things of life, if we are living in the fast lane, we hardly see anything. We don't even have time to see anything because we're moving on so rapidly from one thing to another that we don't give ourselves the okay to look at a thing for itself. So the long-standing uh, history of the, of the teachings, in a way, has several features and facets to it. And those features and facets are providing, initially, and very importantly here, a kind of environment for human beings to take stock of our life, not, not only to see what is of value in our life, but to see right into the nature of existence. So a supportive environment is provided, and for a supportive environment to be available to us, it requires from every person, each one of us, quite a degree of cooperation and you will be aware, as I am aware, that our world so often isn't a safe environment 
And so often it isn't a safe environment for women, it isn't for men, it isn't for children, it isn't for animals and birds. And there's a great concern, if not anxiety, about the lack of safety in this world, the lack of protection, the lack of kindness, and how easily life can be uh, shadowed by the brutalities of the psyche upon the earth. And so places such as the centre here and many others in different forms and expressions are a genuine attempt to provide a caring and conscious environment, a safe and protected environment. And out of the safety and protection that we afford and give to each other, we can be still enough to look clearly, which will generate a wisdom out of existence and a, a deep care and deep compassion out of existence and therefore a fearlessness out of it as well. And we can find that in such an environment as this. We can live even in this unsafe world without fear. Teachings over the centuries and they certainly run in a recorded form for more than 2,000 years, in an oral form for 2,500, 3,000 years or more, have acknowledged and the importance of the safe and protected environment. And that has taken, as you will know, a certain kind of, perhaps rather unfortunately, in some cases, a rather institutionalized form of um, monasticism. And that became the form that took place in a widespread fashion throughout uh, much of the East. And it has been necessary, of course, to adjust and to adapt to changing times. And in a way, the experience of being uh, here and us spending a, a week-long period together in a way, is a kind of short-term monasticism. It's one of a, uh, a religious environment, but a religious environment which hopefully has no intention to promote religion. It's a religious environment insofar as the ethical guidelines, which are the rock bed of support for people, are cared for and respected, and essentially... That means here, one is engaging in absence of uh, killing, absence of uh, stealing, absence of uh, sexual abuse, absence of lying, absence of abuse of uh, alcohol and uh, drugs. And that those features, all five of them, not killing, not stealing, not engaging in sexual abuse, not lying, not abusing alcohol and drugs, are the very principles along which human beings can live in safety. And what an extraordinarily different world it would be if we just acknowledged as a species each one of those. What, what a dramatic the different world it would be to live in. So, in our time here, the care and respect for uh, each one of those while being here 
gives support to all of us. Teachings also in the acknowledgement of the ethical uh, foundations. And quite often in our day-to-day life, of course, we, almost by abstinence in a way, we observe and are uh, in touch, if not respectful, to them. But each and any one of those can be such that in the circumstances of daily life, any one of those can be a challenge to us. And what does, it, what does it mean to uphold, above all other loyalties, the loyalty to non-violence? What does it mean in life to live a way of life in which one will, would rather endeavour to live with a maximum degree of integrity in life than engage either insidiously, secretly or whatever, in any kind of exploitation or ripping off of others, whoever or wherever. What does it mean in our day-to-day life to live such a life that we are genuinely uh, respectful and caring in our relationships and in uh, sexual uh, relationships? What does it mean for us to, to speak that in life which is both... Uh, true and, and skillful, and not to engage in gossip and backbiting and maligning others <coughs> and putting others down, or in fact building them up and making them into something which they could not be and never will be. What does it mean to keep clear in the, lang- in the world of language and communication because of the significant impact that words have on people's lives? What does it mean to take care in any use of alcohol, any use of of drugs? What does it mean to be very, very watchful of what may enter into consciousness, not only affect bodily and and emotional and, and social life, but also affect consciousness and the capacity to see? And do we give justification to that? Do we just go along with the crowd or do we have the capacity in our day-to-day life without any self-righteousness to be able to say no, no thank you, no I don't need, no I don't want, no I don't wish to engage in, no I don't wish to give support to, no I don't wish to justify. So ethical guidelines It's a tremendous challenge to a human being to question and to ask and to look and not just to go along with the conditioning that the mind says. If you understand 2% of what I'm saying to you, then you'll question many areas of life, political, economic, social, environmental, home policy, foreign policy, social policy, personal relationships questioning into life and ethics and values, it runs into everything. And in our time and in our period of hours that we have here together and through the days, it provides us with some time and with some space and with an opportunity, not for you to agree with what I say or Shada or Jose or what others may say, 
in small groups or inquiry periods, but we're endeavouring to provide for each person a silence and a, and a meditative atmosphere so that there can be a dwelling on these things. So that you and I just don't go along and identify ourselves with our conditioned patterns as though that's the truth of things, that's the absolute uh, reality, that's what the real world is or whatever. We can run deep into our being and look much more deeply than is often available to us, provided we're in a safe environment with love and care around us, in silence and stillness, and out of that will come some depth of metal within us which will look at the world differently. And facilities like IMS and other places of other traditions and contemporary movements, etc. A part of a movement, I would say, and a significant movement that we have to stop and look and look again and again and again until we start realising something about living. The old is not working. Some things are valuable and, and significant and beautiful, of course, but I think most of us would agree there's too much suffering on the earth. Sometimes, speaking a little bit like that, you may have the impression, for those of you who are here for the first time, oh my God, it's going to be a hell of a somber week. And um, it um, uh, won't be. There's um, also plenty of goodwill and good humour and uh, good spirit in, in places uh, like this, and you'll need every drop of it as you face your life. <laughs> <laughs> in being here and in uh, sharing some uh, uh, time that we uh, have here together, and there's a few um, aspects which I would like to uh, just touch upon uh, with you uh, briefly uh, this, this evening. And one, and I think in the tradition, in the Buddhist tradition, has rather uh, uh, wise, wisely has uh, referred to and commented upon on numerous occasions. And that is the significance of um, motivation and uh, intention. And that among the many aspects of a human being's uh, existence. One of the things which uh, is certainly worthwhile keeping in touch with in our day-to-day -day life if we are to live with some awareness in our existence and that is being as clear as possible about what the motivations and intentions are with regard to our activities. And sometimes you and I with best of hearts and best of intentions uh, in life, many things in life, um, may engage in a pursuit both in the short term and, and in the long term, but simply because you and I uh, engage with good heart and clear intention, it doesn't give you nor I any assurance that because the intention is fine, the outcome will be there's not necessarily in life a relationship between intention and the result of life. And one of the things that the teachings remind us again and again that one of not being attached 
to results. Not making results, the, the method, the way as it were, the strategy in some cases for putting the measure of value and our self-worth upon results. And human beings suffer and suffer incessantly because of tremendous attachment at times to results of activities. Results are not in our hands. So in, the, in looking in, and in coming here in terms of the intentions and the, the motivations, um, one aspect uh, of that is that we do hope that each person who has come here um, uh, as much as you can see into yourself um, is such that you are uh, here because you actually uh, wish to be here. It sounds fairly uh, 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 banal and there'll be plenty of other banal things said during the days anyway. And what I mean by that is that sometimes people get leaned upon by others to come here and if you have been you might be cursing them within a day or two or speculating why, why they have persuaded you to come here instead of um, 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 going somewhere else. And hopefully with each person's presence here it's because you, though there may have been some encouragement from um, others, but nevertheless you are here and that there is a uh, quiet and firm determination to stay uh, here through the days here and to genuinely to take it one day at a time because life is lived one day at a time. There's no other way that it can be lived. Other aspect too, with regard to uh, the days, the day itself has, is kind of uh, uh, constituted, we might say, by different um, aspects, faces of the day together. One uh, of those and an integral part of the day is the silence. And apart from the ethical support and the guidelines which we uh, give to uh, each other, there's also the permeation of silence. And it's rather a pity in our world that we seem to be engaged in almost conspiratorial terms of an attempt to obscure silence from a human being's existence as much as possible. We seem to have so much taken away from us owing to the impact on eyes and ears and sensations that it seems to deprive us of a genuine and authentic access to silence to the point that some people are afraid of it. It can be those very silent and still moments. It could be in the forest. It could be in, at home in the evening. And one is touched just for a moment by silence. And then there's the wish to do something. Telephone somebody. Turn the um, uh, uh, CD on or the goggle box or... Uh, or go to the fridge, or whatever it might be, to feel occupied. And we occupy consciousness again and again. We fill it up 
again and again and the constant filling up or dreaming of ways that we will fill it up inhibits what's available which is the genuine treasure of life. We've made a, a substitute world of pursuing treasures and the deep treasures of life remain hidden from us. And if money, if money has become the, 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 the symbol for the pursuit of uh, so-called treasures of life, then here, the deep treasures of life, the symbol, the means for it is silence. And it's the silence which we have uh, tremendous trust, tremendous faith for its opportunity to reveal and discover those things of life genuinely worth ac having access to. So our day features hours of silence. Along with the day <coughs> as well are the small group meetings with Jose and Shadra and I. Uh, we see you uh, regularly um, throughout uh, the days. And in the small group uh, meetings uh, with you, it gives uh, us uh, an opportunity, of course, to contact, connect with you. If there are questions which you have for us um, about what, whatever, we'll uh, endeavor to answer. Questions come from the meditation, from states of mind and body and heart, from spiritual awarenesses, from silence of things, from the circumstances of one's existence. And as much as possible, we will endeavor to respond to those questions. There are also, uh, in the small groups, opportunity for us, there's fair for us to ask you questions as well. And all of that provides a supportive situation for learning and listening and helping to understand each other. Another a feature, and also there's time as well, make for seeing, meeting with people on a one-to-one -one basis. And uh, in the uh, morning, the small group meetings, um, lists are made, and we start seeing people on the uh, afternoon of tomorrow. Other aspects of the day as well uh, include uh, the talk in the evening and each uh, evening at about, uh, whenever, 7.15, there's a Dharma talk. Dharma means teachings, talk or giving teachings, offering teachings, which last uh, evening talk usually for about 40, 45 minutes or so. And with the, the teachings, including uh, this evening's talk uh, as well, that, as I said earlier, there's no wish to uh, proselytize uh, in uh, any way. I'm not here to convert anybody to anything. I have no wish to be and have never been, and I don't wish to with regard to others as well but simply to uh, offer uh, teachings which concern with the ultimate truth of life, concerned with realization and the very practical day-to-day -day circumstances of, of existence. And in that, the way that the teachings are given by the three of us 
is very much in the spirit that if something is valuable and useful for you and is a contribution to your well-being, your happiness and understanding, naturally enough we're uh, delighted and very much part of our intention and purpose. And if at times things are not um, clear or banal or whatever it might be, uh, please don't hesitate to contact and speak with us, small groups, inquiries that take place, one-to-one uh, -one meetings, and we will try to explain further what we have, have said in here during the day without trying to sound too defensive. And um, the other uh, aspect too is that the day from the very uh, beginning of the day through to the uh, the uh, end of the day is such that we genuinely give care and, and uh, value to each and every aspect of the day. So the day in terms of the meditative day, it includes uh, sitting meditation and uh, walking meditation, standing meditation, uh, eating meditation, the work Oh, God. Your, your um, singing blew out a few of the candles, so <laughs> I'm getting younger. <laughs> well, I think it's extremely, um, not quite my cup of tea, but it's extremely a nice and uh, thoughtful gesture of the, of the, of the staff. Uh, to, I've had um, most of my, the, I said last 17 years, I think I've had most of my birthdays uh, here at um, IM IMS. <laughs> And uh, I, I, have to, I must say, I always think it's rather um, um, slightly ironic in that sometimes in the East, the, the gurus, I don't put myself into that um, underprivileged category, <laughs> um, have what they call Guru Panima, I can't remember, Panima Day, which is when the um, students, disciples of the guru, um, celebrate the, the uh, guru's birthday and they have a kind of feast or a party or a big uh, gathering. It's a kind of special day in the, in the year. And I've always found this, if I may say, rather ironic because spiritual teachers are supposed to be teaching birthlessness, <laughs> deathlessness, and not celebrating their birthdays. But anyway... <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm now, got a, I'm now expected, Shada reminds me, I haven't done it for 40 years, to um, blow all these out. And, and if, I, if I don't succeed and, uh, and I keel over, you, know, you will know that they blew me out. <laughs> and <okay>. wish. I wish that you were all liberated within seven days. <laughs> <laughs>
make my life easier. <laughs> Not sure if the last the blowing out of the candles did my environmental qualifications any good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> where was I before the interruption? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, timetable, right? <laughs> okay, well, that won't have to happen for another year. And um, with regard to the timetable for the uh, uh, day, it. Um, Looking at the timetable here, um, it starts at a horrible hour of um, five five fifteen. If I should say it is the only place of all the places that I go to that it uh, starts uh, here at this at this time, and it's not entirely my fault. It's um, sim- simply that uh, the staff have requested in those of you who come here regularly previous times uh, an opportunity to. Uh, make a sitting uh, after uh, breakfast. The only way that they can be done because of the work periods, uh, the cooking, the office work, etc., etc., is if we cooperate. Um, and the way that we cooperate is starting the day a bit earlier, and that makes the morning uh, time uh, that much longer. So, in fact, with the first bell of the day ringing at um, 5.15, it's um, a real um, act of compassion on our behalf. And of course, we shall all be witnessing the staff's presence <laughs> after breakfast for a sitting. So some of you will have traveled um, a little distance today to uh, uh, arrive uh, here. And, and also, of course, may be feeling quite um, tired from travel and work, parenting and studies or whatever. And please feel very, very free and comfortable to uh, uh, ignore the enthusiasm of the first bell ringing of the day and take some uh, little extra uh, rest. But with the day starting rather early, I'm looking down here at the sheet that um, it means that the breakfast time is at uh, 6.30 in the morning. Elsewhere when we're teaching, it's usually at uh, 7.30. So... Um, following on from the breakfast, it's at uh, about 7.15, there is the work period. And with the work uh, period, your uh, kindness in cooperating uh, with the work helps in a very valuable way to uh, keep the centre running as economically as possible. And your contributions, whatever the form, indoors or uh, outdoors, upstairs or downstairs, really does help the whole centre to keep flowing because as you can imagine and appreciate it's a large facility, it's not such a large uh, staff, they have a tremendous workload. So the centre here, as with all the other centres as well, has a a work period and very much part of a conscious and caring caring day. The timetable for the retreat is uh, pinned up on the um, 
notice notice board and <coughs> the sitting walking timetable is in, uh, included of course in that uh, timetable so these are some of the aspects and uh, uh, features uh, of the day um, as they We'll say a couple of uh, words to uh, welcome you and then we'll have a five or ten minute um, sitting meditation together and uh, Shada will give some uh, of the basic uh, meditation instructions and then each morning after breakfast in the first group sitting of the day in here there are the meditation instructions for each day and with the meditation instructions we endeavour to give them as comprehensively as possible so that uh, each person who is here really does have a very clear sense day by day of the meditation uh, instructions, working with pain, working with tiredness, being right here and now where life is. And as I said, the morning instructions are uh, the wish and the endeavour there to give those as clearly and as fully as possible from one day to the next, so you really are in, in touch with the, the rhythm of, of the day. Yeah. Yes, Jose. Really gives me great pleasure to be here, to be touched once again by the friendly faces that I came, got used to see here after here and to see the new faces. As we often do, Shada, Christopher and myself, a little while ago we run to the pizza shop in town to, I don't know, to perform some sort of ceremony of going to have a pizza, I guess. <laughs> and I was telling Christopher that I was what I was doing, I haven't seen him for many months now. And I mentioned to him that I was going to do some teaching, lead a meditation part of a, a setup, an outfit called Club Getaway. <laughs> and as I heard myself saying that, it dawned on me that there seems to be some misunderstanding because obviously a getaway is usually at least taken to mean we get away from everything that surrounds us and go into some sort of fantasy. And so if any of you has come here with the idea of getting away, forget it. <laughs> I think Christopher was very clear in his opening words and and I'm sure most of you know that too. This is not the place to get away. It's a place to face unflinchingly, as Christopher said, whatever we need to face, really. And it's in that spirit that I'm here, and I hope it's in that spirit that you are here. And uh, it can be surprisingly rewarding, it can be incredibly disturbing, and I think there is no other way. 
if there's any getting away that we are going to do here is getting away from fantasy getting away from from invented lives that we have carefully put together in one way or another and and I assure you they will collapse as you sit here day after day and it's a rewarding task and I congratulate you for it I congratulate you for being here and being willing to to sit through this retreat I also welcome everybody to the retreat and I look forward to our week together. I'm sure it will be very interesting, the rides that we take together here. I'd like to um, give you a few instructions as we sit together for the next 10 minutes or so, so we have a time to experience the silence a little bit this evening. So if you could get into a meditation posture. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.